0: Digital growth is a journey. It is a journey from good to great, but it is not a journey that one takes alone as an individual. No, digital growth is a journey that individuals and teams throughout your bank, throughout your credit, and throughout your fintech commit to take together. But how can you commit to take this journey if you're so busy that you don't have space and time to break free from what you're doing right now in the present moment, to review where you've been, to gain new insights into potential future growth opportunities through education? and then to really think about how to apply what you've been learning to continue to move forward to do even better together. Well, let's find out together on today's episode of the Banking on Digital Growth Podcast. (music) Greetings and hello, I'm James Robert Lay, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth Podcast. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series, and joining me for today's conversation is Matt Vance. Matt is the first vice president of marketing and product strategy at Salau Credit Union, a financial cooperative that believes people are powerful when they work together. Now, Matt and his team have lived out this belief as they have all been working together to move forward and make progress along their digital growth journey at Salau. And you can do the same by applying the insights that Matt shares so that you can maximize your future growth potential at your bank, at your credit union, at your fintech. Welcome to the show, Matt. It is good to share time with you today, buddy. Yeah, great to see you too. I'm loving the sunny skies in Seattle right now. Such a beautiful day. It looks good on camera for those who are listening. You should actually check out the video because Matt He's very well lit i thought it was sunny skies so, no it's just just gray but we always have to look to the bright side so before we get into talking about your progress that you've made that your team has made um along your digital growth journey what is what has been going well for you personally professionally you your pick to get started
1: sure sure we've got a lot of really really great things going on here at Slal recently uh we've been working for the last year on a brand new website we're set to launch here at the start of december on that uh we've got some new awareness campaigns pumping out for us so really kind of targeting to some some niche areas that we've been interested in growing and, and building out uh so we've got some of that out there getting some of the first rounds of data back on that seeing some progress there so a lot of good things as we're ending the year here and getting ready for a good 2024 well your team you've been
0: on this journey and i think it's very interesting to note for those watching and listening that it's comprised, that it has been comprised of a cross section of leaders across the credit union. Y'all have recently wrapped up the Digital Growth University. And, and think about all the progress you've made. And I wanna come back to this point here that you made on these two points around niche and website. But think about all the progress that you made on your journey. When you first started this to where you're at now, for you, what have been the biggest lessons that you have learned as a leader to this point through this journey?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. It's been it's been a great experience so far in, in, in being able to kind of finish up that digital growth university in the last few months here. And, and you're right. We tried to take an approach when we first looked at bringing the program on board. We knew we wanted it to be a good cross-section of our organization. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we've learned through this is, is finding to make sure that get that vision and that alignment at the top of the organization and then activate that through the management and the VPs within the organization that really have the pulse in the day-to-day. And can really kind of start to drive some results and get them excited and bought into the vision. I mean, I think that's where we really started to see some good success with that. I've had some good conversations with our managers that have been involved in the program. And they, they, they start to say, we've been wanting to do this stuff for years. Or, oh, I see how I can apply this over to that program over there. And so we really kind of started to engage and start to activate and excite folks around here, which is great. Because I think it's been a bit of that cultural shift that we needed that we needed. This this couldn't just be a top-down, we're gonna tell you everything we're gonna do. We really wanted to make this kind of a cross-section of the organization and gain that buy-in and activation throughout.
0: Well, it's interesting to note that this has been an exercise in open strategy. And when you look at open strategy, it's a newer school of thought. I'm curious to get your take, because as you reflect on this experience, Not everyone is open to this. Um, You you have been your team has been your organization has been. But what would you recommend to others who might not have the same level of commitment that you all did to first and foremost, ongoing learning as a path to future growth? That's because just learning provides that perspective. It helps people see things different. It helps helps people think about things different but not everyone is there yet. And the world is changing at such a rapid pace that I feel like it's not just a technology gap anymore that is holding community financial brands back like credit unions and community banks. It's also Mm -hmm. a knowledge
1: and an awareness gap. What would your take be on this? I think there's power in a shared experience to that, right? Um, And in a learning experience like that, a lot of what we did in the Digital Growth Institute uh, and in the university side of things tends to lean a little bit more into the marketing side of things, right? Um, and that's that's my wheelhouse. That's my team's wheelhouse. They don't want to hear it just from me. They don't want to be taught or talked down to from the marketing people, telling them they need to do these things, or this is how we're, the path we're going to go. I think there's a sense of shared experience. I think there's a sense of collaboration in there. As marketers, I think we pride ourselves in collaboration. Uh, we know that you know better things happen when people work together. Um, better ideas can come to the, to the forefront when we work together. So I think that shared experience side of it was really, really important. Let's all go through this educational experience together. Let's all be on the same page as we work through it. And having that shared experience and that shared learning environment has been so crucial. I mean, I I get in conversations weekly here that it's like, oh yeah, back in that lesson, remember when we talked about that, right? And that's outside of the marketing team, so it's telling me that it's sticking. It makes my team have to do a whole lot less of the heavy lifting because we had this shared experience together, right? And and you know bringing in that outsider to help kind of usher that through is is really helpful i think to obtain that buy in too so for us it's been it's been really really important so you know having that that collaboration that open experience i think it's been so key to where we've seen such more of an accelerated growth then you know we've maybe been in the last year in this topic.
0: It's interesting because you talk about this acceleration. I understand that people feel like they get—it's a matter of perception. They feel like they get stuck, and they feel like, well, I've been I've been trying to communicate this internally. Your perspective on a shared experience, what others have have used or, or, or coined a common language, has mm-hmm. helped to remove some of the roadblocks that has led to human transformation in conjunction with digital transformation. You, you touched on this idea of niche before and that niche is something I've discussed on the podcast, but when you think about your organization and you look at the, the growth opportunities for niche, why look at a niche compared to say, just the general mass market of the community? What has helped to facilitate that transformation? Cause you were even thinking that before we were even having conversations But I would say that what what I was sharing through this with your team at a broader macro level, maybe either reinforce that or provided some additional thinking to help spur that or to use your words to help accelerate that much further, farther, faster. But why a niche in today's complex
1: digital world? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, you can scale digital so easily and that's the beauty of it. Right. Um, But I think for us, we've always found more success when we have targeted more specifically found an audience that has a need um you know we we kind of pride ourselves in in, in a little bit of uh, a saying here of you know we want to do the hard things others don't right there's a lot of markets that other people don't want to touch um or don't think they're going to be profitable um we think we think there there's chances there right we deserve or we believe that opportunity deserves a chance right um that's that's another kind of a, a credo that we we live by here at salao so those niches are really important to us. It kind of goes back to a super high level, kind of kind of back to that blue ocean, red ocean strategy, right? Why go compete in a red ocean environment when everyone around you is doing the same thing, trying to capture the same market? Um, find where there isn't that, that hyper competition, right? And try to build out something for yourself there. It, it, it's also, quite honestly, it's just a lot more interesting that way too. Um, you know, I get to come into work t- every day instead of going, you know, how are we going to compete against, you know, Seattle's a a pretty hyper-competitive banking market here. We have some amazing credit unions locally here. We have a lot of community banks in this area. Obviously, all the tech industries and everyone around here. So everyone wants to be here. So it gets really, really competitive from a banking environment up here. So why go compete head-to-head day in and day out against all of those folks when we can just find our own little niches? We've been able to be really successful in growing our organization and just kind of of finding those and growing those and building communities within those niches. And, and I think to me it's, you know, it's proven profitable. And again, it's really interesting work because you get to kind of build something to be at the forefront of something.
0: Well, that's where the, the work that you've done as, as individuals, as, as a team, you have the marketing team, but then you have the larger cohort with cross-sectionals with different business leaders from different business lines. I would say, if I recall, there was a big aha moment around class number nine and 10, which was around the story selling methodology. And then that led into a conversation in class 10 around content, which connects back to this idea of niche, because I vividly remember there was a lot of excitement, not necessarily coming from marketing, but coming from other business lines. And I guess it's just where it really began to click of. Uh, we have the potential to play the role of this helpful this empathetic guide we've probably have been playing the hero uh, in the past and it's no one's no one's fault to that it's just that's just what what the perspective was but when you think about niche in content and focus Where's the opportunity here to continue to leverage, like you said, digital is a is a multiplier. It allows us to scale very, very quickly. Content is, is a path forward to make connections and place deposits into the minds of people within these niche communities and community goes beyond the, the physical borders of, of boundaries and zip codes. But when you think about the awareness and the common bond, the common language, first and foremost internally and then externally, how is content playing into this perspective from your worldview within marketing
1: yeah i think in a, a few different ways i mean i think we've learned through this process uh and in bringing those kind of cross-section of right bringing our business lines through this process too is help them realize that they have a lot of good stories to tell that we can throw out offers right you can all day every day throw out a a great cd rate you can throw out a great auto rate and, and you can go and you can fish and you can get what you need there and, and move on to the next thing. But that's not a long term strategy. That's not a viable, you know, community building, niche building strategy. It's the people that were helping. It's the stories that they have that we were there when no one else was for them. Right. And so as those as those teams started to kind of go through this story selling methodology, they started to understand, wait, I work with members every day that tell me these things. How do I get that over to you guys? How does how does marketing activate those for us now? And so that's been really important back and forth now. And we've been able to take that. Or, you know, one example, good example over here is, is our business services team and be able to work with their business members who had a great story to tell. You know, specifically, we do a lot of work in the cannabis industry. We were one of the first here in Washington to get started. And, and we've been able to grow that and being able to really help that industry grow along with it too. And those, some of those businesses have had some really hard times gaining tr- access to a traditional banking environment. There's a lot of really tough stories out there. And so for us, it was like, guys, this is really great content that we can take and let's tell those businesses stories. And through those stories, we're able to tell how we were able to help. Um, and that just produces content off of that. We've been able to go out, we we, we shot a few, uh, few of those stories with our businesses and created whole campaigns off of that. Have created both, you know, from video content to blog content to advertising content, all based upon the stories in which we can tell uh and can frame it around them so there, those stories have a lot they have a lot of legs you can take it into a lot of different directions and that content isn't just we're going to interview someone we're going to put it on a blog there are so many different areas that we can go off with that we are kicking around I mean, as we sit here and talk on a podcast we've been kicking around the idea and wanting to get a podcast off the ground for us too um and, and it's something we're starting to look into as well because we do we work with a lot of businesses, we work with a lot of members that have interesting stories to tell, and why not why not share that and, and share with that together with them why Why is human transformation so hard
0: when it comes to because I'm asking and, and you're laughing if 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 you're not watching Matt's giving a bit of a of a chuckle right now I, I'm laughing too, because this is to me has been the hardest part of any organization and which is why i respect the work that you've been doing um because if i think back historically over the last decade i've led marketing leaders vps svps through a boot camp like experience and then they had to go back and then communicate this with their team and it was met with mixed reaction. And then I said, okay, well, let's take the marketing teams through this. And that's great. Marketing begins to learn marketing begins to transform, but then there's others in the organization who feel like they're getting left behind. You know, if I think about having to work with technology or work with people, technology sometimes seems to be quote unquote easier um, Mm -hmm. because you tell the technology to do what the technology is going to do. And the technology tends to, for the most part, it works. But then there's this whole complexity around human transformation. Why, why is the people side of this so hard from, from your perspective and experience?
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. You know, I, I think we're, we're creatures of habit. We're creatures of safety, right? So change equals risk. And, and so so for anyone to do something differently, open themselves up to new ideas, it it's it's a risk. Uh, it could fail. Uh, does that mean that they fail? Or are they a failure, right? Um, so you know it's it's a different dynamic there. I, I think you know being able to put yourself out there, take that risk, uh, try something new is is challenging. And obviously there's others that are that are better at it than than some and and they're able to take those risks and and really become the multipliers of the leaders in their industry, right? Um, but I think it's it's trying to again educate yourself, understand what the change is coming, why the change is happening, um, and and make a calculated risk. You don't have to lean in all all 100% right at the right at the start, right? Maybe maybe 25% at a time, right? Do a do a few tests here and there and see what happens. Test and learn, test and learn, right? Um, I think is a is a is a good way to combat that. Uh, but I think in, in in general, most folks, gosh, they just they just don't want the risk. They don't want the change. Um, they're, they're used to doing it the way they've done it, right? And and that's a hard thing for some folks to move off of.
0: And that's one of the reasons, like, when we developed this Digital Growth University methodology, it was to create a space with some psychological safety that, you know, you're you're here to learn. I'm, I am here to learn just as much as you're here to learn. Um, I definitely have a perspective, but other people have a perspective too. Uh, I take the Socratic approach to knowledge that's, I know I know nothing. And I reserve the right to change my perspective based upon new information. And I think that is where the sharing of ideas, particularly as y'all came together once a month as a community cohort, you're learning as individuals, doing some self-reflective thinking. And then you came together as a team, you had small breakouts to where you were able to share some thinking in a private one-on-one context or a group, small group of three, and then we were able to take that back and it builds this habit of you know what it's okay to share it's okay to learn it's okay to say i don't even know and and we're going to continue to learn together and that's where you, not only through the university you've also learned particularly more so as a marketing team but then also i think business lines have 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 learned through this as well which is the digital secret shopping studies that that y'all started with and you benchmarked your website against others which as you mentioned to start this conversation you're in the process of getting ready to launch a new website. How, how did those insights that you learned very early on in this experience provide a path forward to guide you to build this new website that sells?
1: Yeah, no, I think there's a, you know, the, the, the main thing there that we learned was, you know, you can have CTAs littered throughout your site, um, but it doesn't mean anyone's going to click. It doesn't mean they're ready to buy at that moment. Um, so, you know, I think for us is, is getting better at nurturing that lead and that sales process through not a, well, we gave you all the information on page, so you should be ready to just click and apply. Now it doesn't mean they're ready and it doesn't mean they're going to come back. So how do we start to set that relationship up for success? How do we start to build some trust and rapport? Um, you know, how do we get you to say, Hey, we know you're in the market for an auto um, download this guide that's gonna help you, you know find the best car for you or find the best financing for you, right? We're able to capture that lead. We're able to then start them on a drip campaign that helps them better realize and we can kind of stay in touch with them. Um keeps top of mind with them. So when they are ready, they're gonna come back to us. Um, you know, I think we were trying to kind of force the sale a little bit too much there. So as we were looking really at this new website, we really wanted to take a, a an approach and look at it of how do we nurture these leads a little bit better. Uh, how do we build that trust and rapport in and not just sell, right? We want to build relationships with that new site. So in the end goal, it's obviously always how do we get you to sell or how do we get you to to consider us down the road, right? Um, but, but really, we understand that's through building trust and rapport with them than just giving you the information and thinking that that's going to be the thing that's going to make you say, yep, let's do it.
0: Which comes back to what I was referencing before with class nine in the university is it's playing the role of the helpful and empathetic guide And I really do find that it's then that class that connects back to some of the foundational strategies in class six around the digital, the digital journey, buying journey that people take. That's where people like, ah, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to understand it. And then you can apply that now going forward into these different experiences, like building a website as you are. You bring up a really great point. Um, And I think about I want to get your take on this. There was another organization um, who I was recently talking to and they shared with me that they drove and they bought some traffic, so digital ad campaign. They drove 12,000 visits to their primary checking account page. So they 3X traffic, but conversions stayed flat. They had no change in conversion. And I think this was like an, over a 90 day period of time. And my question was, well, did you change anything from day one to day 30 from going from there to day 31 or day one to 14, change something day 15? And they said, no. And I said, well, did you run any secret shopping on this particular uh, initiative? They said, no. And I said, so you kept everything setters, paribus, all things being equal throughout the 90 day period. They said, yes. Why? From your perspective, do some organizations they launch something and then they think, man, we just spent all this money, we bought all this traffic, but we didn't see a bump in conversions. And they perceive it as a failure. and I'm like, no, that was a learning experience because you learned that there are 12,000 people or 12,000 people who visited this particular product page. That's great. The lesson is though, why did no one take the next steps, and it was from from doing this over a thousand times now it was very obvious it was a positioning it was a a little bit of uX it was a little bit of call to action, little micro changes that they could, could have made that I guarantee would have increased their conversion rate, and they would have saw a bump in that. but why do some we'll just say marketing teams or marketing leaders fail to gain ongoing learning from the marketplace? And as a result, they're losing millions in loans and deposits.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to call back into my my eighteen years of experience in in marketing within this industry, and sure, you know, I think it's it's a handful of things. It's probably a little bit different for every organization. I've been guilty of it myself uh, over my years as uh, as well. I think maybe two traps that I could fall into is is one is you get so enamored with the creative and in what you did, and you think it's so great that you know like we don't need to change anything with this this was this work is some of the most stellar work we've ever put out it just just needs to hit that edge of where people enough people get there and eventually they're going to get it and, and kind of drive it um so i i definitely think that's one of it i think another trap that a lot of marketing teams get into i see this a lot uh within credit unions too is you know the teams are just busy and so they're able to they're able to get that campaign out they're able to launch that campaign but then they're on to the next thing and they don't have the time they don't build the time to monitor and adjust. And and I can say look I've been guilty of that many many times myself. I think that's something as we're launching this new website, we were mindful of. And I think you know the the digital growth uh university really helped us understand this too is we need to be a lot more mindful about building that monitoring and that testing and that constant evolution of of that website, not to be a static a static thing that oh we'll take a look every 6 months or once a year we're going to go give the the website, uh, you know, a, a polish. It's it's an ongoing day-to-day um, practice, right? And and you're maybe taking different sections and you're looking at that, or or maybe depending upon what campaigns and in areas of focus you're running. But it, it's a living, breathing tool that has to have that that nurturing it's like a plant right you're gonna to have to water it to see it grow you're gonna to have to make sure it's getting enough sunlight to see it grow and there's a lot of different components to check or, or kind of plug into that website to help that but the idea that you could build it and they'll come and and they'll do what you want is is you know something that you know it's just it's rare that it happens it does you know from time to time but but it, it gets rare and i think i've learned that throughout the years too of, of you've got to nurture it better
0: Well, you, you bring up a great point. You mentioned 18 years of perspective, Uh, perspective. I want to go back all the way 18 years ago on your mind to where you're at today. Cause I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing 21, 22 years now. And if you think back over the last 18 years of just your own journey of growth, how do you feel marketing has transformed the most over the past 18 years?
1: (laughs) Well, I can say for me personally, I can think back, you know, running a a, a small marketing department at, you know, in my early twenties at a at a hundred and twenty-five million dollar credit union, uh, making uh copies of uh rate brochures on pastel papers, you know. I mean, there's been a lot of change from that, right? Yeah. Um in helping that 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 organization kind of grow and mature uh in its marketing branding and and and, and experience there. So Yeah, I mean, gosh, I I think digital is probably overall that that biggest change, Um, that idea of of what we can do and how you can communicate with people. Um, The numbers of things and areas and places you can communicate with folks with now is just it's just massive. Right. Um, and, And so, you know, trying to wrap your head around that and that's constantly changing. So, you know, get good people around you. Um, That have different perspectives that are not consuming the same media in the same places that you are to really understand those perspectives better understand where you're missing gaps and opportunities. Um, There's a lot of really good partners, a lot of your teammates are able to to go out there and help with that as well right no one you know marketing executive today has all the answers Um, there's just too much out there it's too fast. There's, it's just changing so often. I'm I'm
0: so glad you 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 pointed on that. I want to highlight it. You said no one marketing executive has all the answers, and for the CEOs and others in the C suite who are listening, please please hear that because it is happening. That the transformation is happening at such a massive point. I've even started doing some exercises with other organizations, just asking what's a philosophical question. What is marketing? And ask it across the organization because it's a matter of perspective. And I think to your point, when you start gaining perspectives from from different people through different paths, through different experiences, it's very helpful to gain awareness and alignment of where people are. Just meet them where they're at. It's not right. It's not wrong. Um, and then you can create a path forward together. And you used the word collaboration earlier. On this note, starting to look ahead towards the future as we start to wrap up here, where does AI play into this next evolution? Because this is like, I think back, you know, 1994 was the year the internet reached the mass consciousness of humanity. And now we're pretty much 30 years after that. We're one year into the AI experience at a macro consciousness level of humanity, going back to November 30th, 2022 with ChatGPT, which, you know, as of recording, that's a whole interesting narrative. I took off, uh, I was doing an entrepreneur workshop uh, at my kid's school on Friday and then took off uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and just disconnected from the world. Then I come back on Tuesday as a recording and saw the whole open AI, Sam Altman news and that whole shakeup. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing that I sort of have to you know rewrap my head around. But when you think about AI through the lens of, of marketing and just the lens of growth, where's where's
1: where's your head with this yourself i mean there's a lot of opportunities opportunities uh there we've already been able to leverage um you know you know some scale off of that you know personally you know our team has has really leaned into from a content and copywriting perspective being able to to help us move faster um in a lot of those areas i mean that's just kind of scratching the surface type stuff to it Uh, i think this is where it's important again get people around you that are smarter and passionate about these things, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Not to say that I'm not, I think it's really interesting. I do think it's gonna transform a lot of what we do, but there's other people who are more invested and watch this a whole lot more closely than I do, right? And so get those people around you that can help show you the opportunities as well. You know, I do think there's a lot We're we're starting to look at to see how it can potentially transform our our experience from a member uh, standpoint, right? How does it help our call centers? How does it help um, some of our other teams? How's it going to help us analyze data and help us make smarter decisions? I think that's where I'd like to, to to kind of watch and and build and grow capabilities there too. It has the ability to analyze huge sets of data really fast and build recommendations off of that. Um, so how do we use that and leverage that to make us smarter? Um, I think will kind of be key key going forward.
0: It's continuous continuously learning and looking into opportunities which is ongoing education and awareness and it's not that you have to be an expert at everything it's just like you said surround yourself with people who are passionate about it i think that's important but also are are able to transform that passion into practical application which as as we wrap up here when, when you look ahead towards the future number one what are you just most feeling, most hopeful, most excited about for your future and the future of the credit union through the work that you've been doing, are doing, and will continue to go forward into the future. Doing,
1: yeah. You know, I am. I am. You know, we're we're in a season of Thanksgiving here. Um, you know, I am greatly thankful for my team. You know, I've I've been able to surround myself with with amazing people in my marketing staff work are talented, uh, who are smarter than I am at a lot of these things, and want to grow and build and push these things, and and the executive team here, we've been able to make, you know, some good decisions and, and put people in the right places. I think to accelerate some of that growth and some of that opportunity, right? Leaning into those niches is an area where we want to where we want to be, um, and and finding those those open spaces for us. Um, it's interesting work. It's exciting work. Uh, I think, as as I mentioned earlier. So for that, I'm really excited to see how we can grow and evolve as an organization. I think there's a lot of space to ramp up, especially once kind of the market kind of starts to take a little bit better of a turn here. I think that acceleration of growth for a lot of organizations out there, it's going to be a fun time again. Right now, it's not it's not an entirely fun time to be in banking for a lot um so i think we're kind of on the cusp of hopefully kind of getting out of that so really excited to see where we can go kind of next from there
0: well the good news is everything is a cycle uh the sun always follows the darkness uh the 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 light is at the break of dawn if you will and with that what would be i always like to wrap up on a practical note the one thing that you would recommend someone who is watching someone who is listening that they do next on their own journey of growth to practically apply some of what we've been talking about here so that they can walk away with their next best step going forward into the future? What would the one thing that you would recommend next on their journey?
1: Yeah, I I would say just just open themselves up to opportunities, open themselves up to collaboration, Um, you know, thinking you can learn it all yourself, thinking that you can build it all yourself. It's it's so much easier when able to find a good team of people around you whether that be peers inside of your organization or peers outside in the industry too You know, just being able to have that support network around and challenge and push each other, I think accelerates growth so much faster and opens yourself up to new ideas you didn't even consider.
0: That one plus one equals 11. That's the collaboration multiplier right there. It's a great way to wrap up our conversation, Matt. It has been a good one. Thank you for joining me. If someone wants to continue the conversation that we've discussed today or we started discussing today, to your point of collaboration, what's the best way that they could just connect, reach out, say hello to you?
1: Uh, you can, you can find me, uh, you can find me online on, on Twitter, uh, or LinkedIn Uh, is a great place to connect with me as well.
0: Connect with Matt Vance, learn with Matt Vance, grow with Matt Vance. Matt, thank you for joining me for another episode of the banking on digital growth podcast. This has been a lot of fun today, buddy. Awesome. Thanks. Good seeing you. Good seeing you as always. And until next time, be well, do good and be the light.